Hello and welcome to the Red Sector GP podcast, your home for everything MotoGP 2 and 3. I'm joined as always by my co-host, the walking, talking encyclopedia of MotoGP, Bono. Bono, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Um, nice to see you again and whatnot and talk bikes because it's been a, it feels like it's been a while, but um, yeah, was... yeah, it's kind of a little bit more delayed than what we would have liked. And I know we keep, it's almost like we say this every week, but um just with these back-to-backs and life it's kind of hard to sort of fit them in and mm. they'll be pretty, yeah it's, you know. it's we're we're not a, yeah I mean, we are literally totally amateur at this mm. um yeah no disrespect to ourselves on any front but we are amateurs so having like a set schedule especially with kind of life it's very difficult but you yeah. know maybe one day one can hope that we we fit yeah. into it but have you been up I'm, to much, done much since the last podcast? Um, since the last, I mean, yesterday I was at Donington, so oh yeah, um, yeah. took some pictures. I was there for a track day. Yeah, took took the camera and whatnot. I think I might post a few, a few on Twitter. So yeah, no, it was it was really good, really really warm, as you could probably see when recording mm. this. I've got a bit of a red news. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, just a lot of work, and obviously with the recording of the podcast, with the more official ones, if you like. They are like designated podcasts with designated podcasters. So they kind of have like a, put it this way, they're paid to sit there at a certain time and record. Me and Josh aren't. And it's, you know, me and Josh don't work similar jobs at all. So it's no. kind of, it's kind of hard to, um, you know, pull the same time together and yeah. sit down and talk about crap like we do for mm. an hour straight. But we, we do our best. We do our best. Yeah, we, we try our best. Yeah, hopefully people listening to this can listen to this before the ass and we can really get some way. And then when that's done, if you're really keen, you can listen to us talk crap about it, about Assen. So yeah, um, we were going to do another double header, but we kind of slapped ourselves on the wrist for that, didn't we, last time? So yeah, you know. it was a, yeah, maybe a bit too long, but yeah, we thought we'd 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 crack this one out and then move straight on to Assen, which is this weekend, and hopefully, fingers crossed, get a get a recording out on maybe Monday or something mm. right after. So then yeah, I mean, Assen in itself is really good to look forward to because yeah. it's Assen's just one of those that no matter what, the, if, if it's given out to be raining the whole weekend or really dry, you already know that no matter what, whether it's at the right, the very front or all the way through to the back of any class, something will happen. It's kind of got that Le Mans sort of vibe to mm. it, hasn't it? Where, you know, th- there's always fireworks at Assen, so... But yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to Assen. I I do think Germany got a mixed review of the results and the races, but I actually really enjoyed Saxon Ring. I know we'll get into it. I know the 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 fight at the front was um, limited, let's say, but I think if you look at it from a an overview kind of perspective mm. of the whole race across the whole grid. I think it was really interesting. I thought there was some good fights, some good battles, um, some mixed results with certain people doing well, certain people not doing so well. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, you know, with how tight and twisty Saxon Ring is, I don't think you're going to have, like, what you normally have at a Mugello or what you have at maybe, like, Qatar, where it, it sort of, you know, brings the pack together or people are dive bombing left and right because there isn't a lot of overtaking at Saxon Ring so it's more about your strategy and how you set up across the weekend 
which personally I find quite appealing, but I can understand why some people don't. Um, I, I don't want to put it on the same level as like a Monaco for F1, but you're not setting your car up for Monaco and F1 to be able to fight left and right and it be, you know, really agile and what yeah. you, you want it to be so mm. that if you are on your own, which you tend to be, you are like slimline through the line you pick and it be consistent. So I think Saxon Ring has that vibe to it, looking at Marquez in the years gone by and, well, the eventual race winner that we'll get into. For all three classes, you know, those three set the stall out and said, that's my pace, I'm running that. And if no one could match it, they were, yeah. you know, credit to them. They all rode fantastically. Mm. And um, behind them was what the real fight was. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll I get agree. into it. I, th I think we'll start off with some news, which, yes. again, is, is quite limited with Pedro Acosta breaking his leg. So he won't be available for Aston, which is a big blow for his championship fight if he was going to put one up. Um, which kind of makes you question if anyone does get that ride, it's a good opportunity for someone to come in and ride that bike for a good team. I don't know if anybody will with the limited time to get that sort of underway. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone was in there. Um, obviously wishing Pedro all the best for the recovery because that's not exactly a small break, is it? Breaking no, a femur. Big break. Um, and, you know, with it, with it being so young and whatnot, I'm sure he'll bounce back fairly quickly, but I hope it doesn't rush back and then tempt fate with it. Um, and obviously, Miguel Oliveira looking more likely now to go to RNF Aprilia, which was, I would say, more unexpected than Grassini, but we were just talking before. Mm. And we are inclined to believe that Oliveira would pick RNF over Grassini pure and simply because of the ladder up to the factory being a lot shorter and more likely. I think a Portuguese mm -hmm. rider at 27, I think Oliveira is, to go into th joint third or bottom of the pile, if you like, of the Ducati teams in terms of the, the priority that they get and fight for a factory slot up against a few Italians in an Italian factory as opposed to going to Aprilia where there's no Italian in the in the works with Alicia Spargaru, who's not exactly a spring chicken, is he? You know, Alicia's 33. Um, and you've got Vinales. Yes, they've both signed on for two years, but Vinales isn't exactly known for sticking to contracts yeah, as of the last couple of years. Not, and and even when he was signed... No, he's not consistent. But, you know, last year, I mean, even in a, earlier this year when he said my options are open, it was almost like... You know, you mm. won't put it past him not getting to the end of the contract. Obviously, I'm not wishing that on him, but my point is, if Oliveira puts his foot down in the first year, his stock goes through the roof because he's in a satellite team, and then Aprilia know that he's the next in line. So if they don't mm. hold on to him, he can maybe jump the stockpile, so to speak. So I think either's a good move for Oliveira, really. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy that he's going to get a ride, what looks to be getting a ride. I mean, it'd be stupid mm. to not give him a ride, but... um. Yeah, a, a pretty makes sense, really, from a long-term yeah. perspective. Maybe that first season might be quite tough. Um, being the first season of the Aprilia, there'll be a bit of teething issues. But it, do, but it does look a really friendly bike now. It does. It, it, it's very much, a, as many people have said before, it's a very, we've probably said it on the podcast, it's a V4 with traits of an inline. Hmm. Um, but Oliveira coming from for it doesn't really matter too much but you know it it's a stepping stone like you said Alish 
it's how long will he go on? Call it quits after this season. They might go on for another one or two. I think he obviously signed up to another season. I do. But, um, I mean, he's fit but, as a fiddle, isn't he? So you yeah, wouldn't be surprised can, if he, he went for going, five. But, I mean, honest. at some point, he's probably going to look at cycling. We know he's an avid list. Um, yeah, he could think, you know what, I've I've done my time. I've won a race at least. I've ticked the box. Um, so and again, Vinales is a bit. It's always every day is a different day with Vinales. We don't know which way he's going to mm. view his career or view his options. One minute he seems like he wants the Prilia, the next minute to look elsewhere. But there isn't really an elsewhere. So I don't know. It's, it's probably a smart move for Oliveira. But I guess the question mark that really kind of comes goes along with that is who's going to partner him up? Are they keeping Darren Binder? Is it a Fernandez? Is it, who's it looking likely to be? Um, and then you've got to worry. Oh, I say worry. I mean, he's maybe worrying, but wonder about Rins because he was looking quite likely for that Aaron FC. But now there's talk of him going to Honda LCR. Yeah, I've I've heard um, that he's he's quite which, likely. I, I yeah, LCR, which is I, mean, I, I think it's a really interesting one because it is. I don't. I mean, I'm. I'd love to see me be not proven wrong because I'm not doubting him at all. Because Rins is a great rider. I know we've had our jokes in the past, but Rins is you know a great rider. But I don't look at Rins and think V4. And yeah. I don't look at him and think Honda V4 as as the mm. position that Honda are in at the minute. It, it, yeah, it's very bizarre because, again, he's he's going to be playing second fiddle to Mia as well at Honda, um, which is something he's probably always tried avoiding, um, especially ever since Mia won the title when arguably it should have been him winning it. Um, but he's, he's he waiting in the wings for a Marquez kind of departure, and they're going to have two again on the bike, which is something that Honda reps all seem to like to have at least one, if not two, Spaniards. Um, yeah. But again, you've got to look so, because we always thought that maybe they'd, they'd maybe tried for Acosta. So is... Yeah, I mean, on, on the thing? point of the RNF thing, I have heard that there's a possibility of uh, Celestino Vietti getting that ride. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Which again, so... is quite... I mean that'd be good for them in terms of the marketing side of it, having mm, a, a young an Italian, Italian, yeah. you know, that's a great yeah. lure. But the thing is, I, I've said with Aprilia, is as good as it is to see this factory sort of challenging Ducati on the Italian front of you know, kind of giving them a bit of a kick up the arse, is this is all well and good, but when they have a leash in place and they've got Vinales in place and now they've got a satellite team, you've automatically got competition within the factory which is you know that's you can't have one without the other however when you start having these big names coming through the ranks and the likes of honda uh yamaha and ducati start snapping them up is you eventually will start falling short if you don't i mean granted i'm not i can't really judge them on this because it's not happened yet but aprilia can hold on to their two for however long they can hold on to them for, but it comes a point where if they go with Vietti and Oliveira in the RNF and they do half decent, you're going to have those two people saying, well, why not put me on the factory? And you've automatically got this thing where there's going to be a feud. There's going to be somebody that, you know, isn't happy where they are. And maybe they don't perform. Maybe Vinales and Aspargo do wonders and that's, that's all well and good. 
But when the factories start looking downwards into Moto2 to think about who they want in the satellite team, and let's say Aprilia offer a Costa, for argument's sake, the following year, an, uh, an RNF seat, and KTM offer them the same at Tech 3, but Honda turn around and say, do you want the factory, to, do you want the factory ride? You've missed out. Do you know what I mean? So the, the stock market of somebody going, we'll give you a factory seat. We've seen Suzuki do it so well before with the likes of Mir, Vinales, Rins, where these people have come up through Moto2 and offered them a factory seat who deserved a factory seat, if you like, looking back at it. But other teams like Yamaha that offered, I think they offered Vinales or Mir, or maybe both, a satellite ride at the time. They look at the factory ride and go, yep, yeah, that'll do for me. Mm. But then somebody's got to lose out. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, Aprilia, think, if they if they manage it well, can work. But you've got to be wary of that when it's you always, when you look down. Tough having a satellite team, really, because again, if I'm if I'm a Moto Two rider at the moment, or even someone like a Fernandez, I end up at Yamaha seat because now, even though Yamaha's lost a lost a satellite team, there's a golden opportunity. For a younger rider or someone in Moto Two to step up, because it's not often you really go straight into a a, mm, a factory team I mean. where you can win. I mean, look at Marquez. Really, was he? You could argue was he the last person to jump straight into a factory team and do uh, well? Well, well, me, um, well, in terms of jump straight up and do well, obviously, yeah, that, Mia. Then um, yeah, you had Mia. Rins, yeah. Rins went straight into the Suzuki team. Um, yeah. But you do so. I mean, it, if it wasn't for Stoner, Marquez wouldn't have gone straight. Marquez was going exactly, to go to LCR. Yeah. yeah. So it, it can happen like that. But it, for me, I'd be looking really relishing that second seat. Um, I, I'm sure Fernandez is trying to tap it up. Um, in Motors 2, maybe Cannot, someone like that. He might be thinking, I'll have that. I'll have that yeah. seat. Thank you very much. Because um, then you're not, let's face it, if you have a satellite team, the chances, unless it's something like that happens with like where Stoner just last, not last minute, but announces his retirement. You know, unless something like that happens, if you've got a satellite team, whoever you're bringing up from Motor Two is going into satellite team for at least. Well, I mean, a season. imagine if Mark Marquez gets to the end of this year and says, "I'm done." That mm. is huge. It is. It is huge. It is. Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying it. That will happen one day. You know, I I think the day Marquez retires or like leaves Honda, it'll be retirement. Like I don't I don't see him going anywhere else. I don't see Marquez saying with the position well, he's never in, anywhere else. he's won eight world titles and the injury situation, I don't see him now going. I'll do it at KTM mm, or do I just don't I don't he, see he, it. But then for someone like Acosta that might be a perfect route in that were to mm. that were a belief. Obviously KTM would want to keep him on at all costs, but but yeah. when Honda come calling, you know, when Honda Repsol come calling, you know. and he's Spanish, so that's one hell of a draw. Um, but yeah, again, it's developing. It's 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 slow developing situation in the rider market. Obviously, we've had Jack Miller announce he's going to KTM, um, which we kind of saw coming. I think a lot of people we did see it, but um, they it's now not have really... two riders that if you're going to put two riders that were as similar to one another but different. Mm. As in, Binder doesn't. I don't. I don't look at anybody in GP and go, "He looks like Binder." If I was, it'd be Miller and vice versa. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They've both got that kind of aggressive. They've got them character, them motocross kind them. of style, yeah. like do you know what I mean. Sort of. So 
if they build the bike around that style, maybe. Well, it's not. It's not just that. Even from a marketing perspective, having them two as your as your riders from a marketing mm. perspective, social media that is a big win. You're gonna you're gonna great gain a lot of traction. Yeah, and I look at somebody of... like in the wings of Remy Gardner. If that's the road that they're going in, then they've kind of got a similar build across those three riders. Yeah, because um, Miller can also be a mentor to guard. Because mm. there, there was, there will, it will probably there will always be an Aussie in MotoGP, in my opinion. It's like just one of them things. That has I feel to like there should be one at least. Yeah, yeah, there just has to be at least one token Aussie. And at the moment we have two, but you know the the future's looking. Hopefully, anyway, the future's looking bright for Aussies with with Gardner. Well, hopefully um, Joel Kelso can. I mean, I'm not saying Joel Kelso's going to go on and win ten world titles. I mean, mm. I'm not doubting him or anything. Do you know what I mean? But hopefully somebody like Joel can come through because he's oh, yeah, looked, he has looked really, really good, mm. to be fair. Um, I, I'm Actually, glad that somebody, you know, a country like Australia that does have talent coming through. Um, I forget the, the guy's name and I feel so bad for forgetting it, but the, uh, the Sitch 58 squad have got a, a young Australian in the Junior World Championships. Um, I forget his name. I'll, I'll have to correct myself And I'm, I'm point, sure there's, but... there's one in the Red Bull Rookies as well. Isn't that yes, I think there is. is. Yeah, um, um, it might even one. be the same guy, but I'm not Could entirely be. sure. But I, if someone's yeah. listening that knows, some somebody will know. Bunner doesn't know. I don't know who will, but you know, <laughs> no, I, might I, do. It, I, I've been working all day. If there's any Aussie fair, listeners? So. I know there is a couple. You're probably screaming there are a the couple, name. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's, um, he he recently like broke his leg, I think, in a crash at Portimao. I remember watching the race as well and being like. You know, you were obviously there at Portimao as well, yeah. but um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll correct myself at some point. But anyway, is it's nice to see an Aussie in GP because they've just got a lot of character usually, and you know, Jack's yeah. Jack Jack has a lot of British backing and whatnot, and I, I respect that. But at the end of the day, Jack's now got to show what he's worth when he goes to KTM. Yeah. It is it it can't just be a a money thing of I'm still in a factory. I'm still the man. Jack's got to set a you know step up now and show that he he warrants that move because you the second he doesn't he will get shifted on and when you get shifted on from a factory seat you look at somebody like Rin that's not really put up a, enough of a, a statement to say I am a factory rider. You've got to take the step down and if you take the step mm. down and don't then bounce up, you've got to move to the side or even True. further down. You, you you might usually then it's literally um, retirement or World Superbike a lot of the time. We see it yeah. happen, um, you know, which is yeah. a shame because it, it then it then makes it sound like Superbikes is a lesser sport when it isn't. But no, it's just, it's just the, different. It's but in just terms that, of your stock yeah. to be in GPs, you know, when, it, when it's up there now, mm. moving to the Red Bull KTM factory seat, they're, they're not going to expect Miller to have a full season of bedding in. They might no, not say just... that, but they will want straight. Miller to be, you know, taking well, that I bike mean, up there. Miller, we we know that um, Binder's a good Sunday man, but he's not necessarily a good Saturday. Maybe it's because of the KTM, how the KTM kind of put together mm. and its strengths and weaknesses. But if Miller can start being Mister Saturday, and then you've got, you've also you've you've almost got like Binder as a Mister Sunday. You can kind of cover both bases then. Mm. Um, so you've you've kind of got um, well, got uh, a chance either way. Um, because again, like we say, Saxon Ring is more of a Saturday job than a Sunday. Job. 
So for 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 um, tracks like that, you you could rely on a Miller, and then for tracks that are a bit more racy and a bit more passy, you can rely on maybe your um, Red like your binders. So yeah, it's yeah. Maybe they could, maybe that's what the the angle we're looking at as well with Miller. So it, it'd be interesting. It's a, it's shaping up to quite a fascinating season. Season. Yeah, I just look at KTM and I do think they've got two very different riders in Binder and Oliveira. Oliveira is so smooth and so silky and he is, as much as that bike doesn't show it because I think the bike that he's on doesn't show that style, but um, Binder's not known for being smooth and silky. Mm. He's he's not known for being, you know, aggressively rough or anything. You know, it's not, it's not that. He's just more of a kind of a bit more old school I would say, in his mm-hmm. style. So maybe they're moving more towards that direction. And obviously, just before we tail off with the the news that we do have, um, Top Rack tested the M1 at Aragon, obviously did six-lap stints, apart from a 12-lap initial run out. Um, but no, it, it, I mean, obviously, they're never going to release the times because of if they do and he does well, it's like everybody's job's in a in a state and he's going to take everyone's job in GP. If he does bad, it's like the stock of the world champion mm. of world superbike. He's not as good as he's supposed to be. Do you know what I mean? So, But um, does does Yamaha not having a factory, does that does that increase Toprak's chances of moving across or does it decrease Toprak's? Um, I, I think, to be honest, and I, I've said this for a while to a few people that I spoke to this about, the biggest hurdle with Toprak is the energy drink. You know, he's yeah. he's a massive Red Bull endorsee for Turkey and for Red Bull in general. Um, so that kind of that kind of kills it off there and then. It it doesn't kill it off. It kind of. Uh, I think if he went to Aragon and had a full day because it did get uh, cut short because of the rain. Let's say Top Rack went to Aragon and did good time. You know, like good times. I think Yamaha would then be willing to say we will chuck down more money for his contract to cover a bit of the money he's going to lose on the Red Bull side yeah, of it true. for him to make that jump. Now, I think Top Rack's manager, Kenan Safaloglu, is very persistent in him staying in World Superbike, which I don't really get. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. But yeah. I think, to be honest with you, Top Rack's got to, you know, get used to a, There's a lot of change. You know, Pirelli tyres are nowhere near the same as Michelin. The power that you mm. mentioned, he was like, you know, the, the straight line speed and the top speed is completely different. Carbon brakes, you know, th- there's a lot. There's a lot of difference. So for Top Rack to make that jump, he's got to be pretty confident he can match that speed. So I think maybe another test or something. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, they're never going to come out after that test and be like, it looks great. They're just going to not say anything and that'll stay internal. But only Top Rack knows if he if he wants to make that jump or not. So mm. I don't know, but it's it's an interesting you know idea, isn't it? I suppose to sit there and wonder well, what it is, you could yeah, do. I mean, adds, you've got because of the the talent you have in Moto Two coming up, you for, and because of that, have a satellite team anymore. This this moment, obviously, that could change. But you, mm. it's a lot more food for thought for the Yamaha bosses because um, they've got to sit down. And, Really think well. If we have a chance of getting top rack as a second rider, do we go for it? Do we go for say a Canet or someone in Motor Two who's looking promising? Because um, maybe we can pay them less because you're looking financially. But then yeah. Mark inside, I mean, having Turkish rider in MotoGP would be do wonders for 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 Turkey in terms of marketing in in yeah. 
Yeah, it would. So, it would. So there's a lot more to it than just to these days. There's a lot more to it just than just yeah. racing and and riding. There is marketability in the, the wage side of things. Um, oh yeah, M- money is a big. As much as it might get dosed off as this is not money driven, <laughs> the the difference between a Red Bull athlete and a Monster athlete is big, so, very very yeah. big. So top rack and reasonably enough with the sport that we're in you know you never know when your last day is coming I, I, if he turned around and said i'm going to lose four million a year to go to gp then i don't know if that, i'm just making a number up then fair enough if you don't take that fair enough you know mm. um it is it's, it's big market like before we end the topic it's just like um if chantra manages to to pull results together and becomes quite consistent i think not just honda but maybe any manufacturer if, if he if the shoe fit would jump at the chance to have an indonesian rider because the market potential in in somewhere like indonesia who have like the fourth highest population in the world or something like 250 million people plus and a lot of them are well, he's thai, isn't he some yeah he's oh is he is he thai oh, yeah that's maybe should have known but still but still we we, ha- we did have would. um we did have what's his name? Uh, oh, I forget his name. Uh, number forty-one, I think he was for Honda Team Asia. The Andrea Prudafat, I think oh, his yeah. name was. Um, the Moto Three rider. He he was obviously a big like on the marketing of when they went to Thailand. He was like the guy, even though he was like sixteen years old. Yeah. But to have a Grand Prix winner this year going to Thailand, mm, that'd be huge. That's massive. That's oh, yeah, huge. He won in Indonesia. That's where I've got. He won in Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He won in Indonesia, awesome. which the Thai fans that went to Indonesia was big. But from that, that will now confirm that the uh, the Thai Grand Prix. I guarantee you that will be sold out. Mm. I think. I think it'll be sold out just because he's won in East Asia. You know, on a new track, they've not. A lot of those riders have not been to Thailand because the last time they went to Thailand, how many of those were in Moto Two? And if the mm. chances are, if you were in Moto Two in twenty in twenty nineteen and you still are in twenty twenty two, you're probably not too competitive. That bike is now competitive, and it's his home race. So something like that's a real big appeal. You know, if he goes and wins at Thailand, like the marketing just goes through the roof. Indeed. Honda might see that, like you say, and think, "Yeah, you know what? We'll we'll have a punt on him, and maybe he goes up to RCR. We don't know, but they are the marketing side of it now is such a bigger deal than it was mm. back then in these terms because you know, like the Asia Talent Cup. If you saw somebody that came through that to then market that made it all the way up, like Dennis Onchu, who I think will go up, that's huge. That is huge yeah, because they have huge. somebody then to look at and say." Look at him. He's gone and yeah. done it. I mean, and at... like you say, for someone like Turkey, Thailand, countries like this that don't have a big name, to have a winner representing them is huge, I yes. think. The big market. Look at Guan Yu Zhou in Formula One. Yeah. Before we end it. I mean, yeah. 1.5 billion Chinese. <laughs> Even if just like 1% of those buy into it, that's a huge, that's, that's a massive number for, yeah. for like Alfa Romeo and so sometimes it's no burner. Sometimes money talk. Um, it's not always the right thing, but it's, yeah, I mean, if fifteen million a, people all yeah. of a sudden are like clicked onto it, that's yeah. fifteen million, million more people of yeah. you, you know, following and you. That's they're expensive sports, and they need to cover the cost. 
So, um, especially within this day and age. So, we'll see. Um, it's it's progressing nicely. Um, we're still waiting for it to kind of come to life. But I I have a feeling maybe this trans this kind of say transfer window this year, it might all just fall into place. So there's not really much way of a busy period. I mean, the summer could be busy. Yeah. I think um, a lot of it is like what we were saying before is it's kind of the domino thing of when one yeah. falls into place, like if mm. Oliveira goes to Aprilia, then it's like, okay, K- the KTM factory riders now, they're all sorted. Miller's in, yep. Oliveira's out, that's done. KTM then can just sort out Tech 3. If Yamaha announced that they're going to do a satellite team, I think Ralph Fernandez will just, I think that'll be instant. I think that'll be straight over. Um, and Suzuki, obviously, we need to know where Mears go. I think we'll, I think we'll know about Mears' future before... Silverstone, I think that will come to fruition. If not, and I'd be amazed if it's any later than that. That's 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 pretty much penciled in. Yeah, the whole, yeah. I think we, we I know Repsol and Mir are pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it, what it's looking like, I can't see it going anywhere else at all. Um, and I so think we'll Tech see. Three is going to end up being Remy Gardner and Paula Spargo with the looks of things. Yeah. So then I think Paul's going to go back to Tech Three. Yeah. So Fernandez. Yeah, I I, I think Ralph Fernandez is already eyeing up a move elsewhere. I think mm, I think he's just waiting for if Yamaha. Where do is anything. that move out elsewhere? The thing. Well, that's that's because. Well, if he doesn't go to a Yamaha team, he might go to Crescini. Crescini, yeah, be one thing. Because that 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 seat is looking like it's ever more open. But Wouldn't we'll get onto the topic of. Yes, Ducati, because I do want to mention something, and I mentioned it before on the last podcast about the whole Zarco grey cloud. Um, but yeah, we'll move into um, into Moto3 first. Uh, I mean, Isan Guevara blitzing the field in first. Second, Dennis Foggy, and third, Sergio Garcia, which sounds quite mundane for a result, but I don't want to get this wrong, I think that's the first time they've all shared the podium together this year and they're all, you know, the title favourites, so to speak, and the Gas Gas boys in particular because of Dennis Foggia's misfortune, the previous two races at Barcelona and at Mugello, have kind of gained a bit of a lead on Dennis uh, but Guevara, I mean phew, that was, that was some ride, wasn't out. it? That was, um, well it, it, again, if you look at everything all three of the races, this this time round, I mean, for the winner, it was quite a breeze. Um, mm. You know, Guevara again, he checked out, but he's he's showing he's got the potential, he's got the ability, the pace, the consistency to fight for the title. Um, you know, he, he's doing everything right. Again, you Which have- I, I find really interesting because Garcia re-signed for another year and everyone was like, that's such a smart move to stay in Moto3 mm. because your stock's quite high. And I think he, I don't think he took for granted Guevara, but I think it's almost like now he's kind of got this thorn in his side, as I would say, can you just let me win this title so that I can go up? But Guevara's not taking it lying down and, you know, really giving him a challenge. And it, it's the thing I think with Saxon Ring this year, we've had this conversation about the whole aero thing not providing the best racing. But I think what it does provide is you look at Saxon Ring where the aero can't play too much of an effect. I think the creams rose to the top. Mm. In all three, we, class. the three that had it, you know, that had it, I think they, they just shown like they just shown everything they had, and yeah, well, Guevara, I mean, four point eight seconds, and he he basically walked it across the line on the last lap, so five and a half seconds. It's like he's, 
at 17. Yeah, he's uh, looking strong. He's looking really strong. Um, again, carrying that momentum into Assen. Again, we, we it's always a case of if you can go into the summer break with some kind of form and consistency and momentum, you are in a kind of it's usually yours to lose. Um, You're on cloud again, nine because it's like this, the argument the other way is if you have three or four bad results going into the summer break, you've got four weeks to sit and think about it. It's just going to eat gonna, you up a little. Yeah, it's you, gonna, you, you have to chew on it. But um, again, not to we're not rushing past not three yet, but just looking at the standing, Guevara being 159 points. So that's seven points behind Gas here at the moment. So he's eating into his lead. I mean, the last the last two races, he's massively into that lead. I mean, after Magello, it was kind of, well, it wasn't done and dusted, but it was still a sizable gap between Garcia. There was still quite a bit of cushion between Garcia and mm. Guevara. But, um, you know, he's, he's showing, he's not, he's not taking it down. Like you said, he is fighting and he's saying, look, if I'm good enough, I'm going to win. It's not just because you are the senior member of the team, Garcia, and just because you fought for the title last year doesn't mean you have, say, this year on, on who yeah. pecking but, um, but Fodger again finished second, which is kind of in a way fair. Really. Yeah, it was it, it was really fast in a way because of how far down the road Guevara was. Just he was not his own. Um, and what do you think of Fodger? Do you think he, like you said, best he could have wished for? It it was the best result he could have got, really. Um. All things considered, yeah. he's trying it. He's keeping in there in the title, just about. He's keeping his fingers in, but I don't know. He he really needs a win from Assen. Mm. Uh, he needs that yeah. momentum again, going into the summer break. He needs he needs to be on the top step of the podium on some. You know. Yeah, I think if Guevara and Garcia both finish at Assen and Foggia beats them, I think it'll do his confidence a lot of good knowing he can still... I mean, I think he'll, he knows probably deep down, I can beat those guys, but it's like to actually beat them on merit at Assen would do him a lot of good. Um, and obviously at Silverstone last year, he was the best of the rest besides Fanati, wasn't he, Foggia? He was, who was, who was it? Was it Mino and Foggia that fought? For P2 well, it was an all was... Italian Moto 3 yeah. podium, if, that, if memory serves. Yeah, I do remember right. it. But I remember that was the start of his run, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, so what I'm saying, to was... go in for have a summer yeah. break and have a, a track you know you're good at to then do well at Assen is like, okay, the, the, the kind of the hair stand up on the back of his neck and think, I'm ready. Do you know what I mean? This is Mega. Garcia, obviously, if you remember last year, didn't race at a few of the races at the end of the last year because of his injury. And Foggy yeah. was on yeah. form, so it, it. And obviously, we have a lot of the flyaways that these guys have not raced at, Mategi, Thailand. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. these are going to be. I really think there'll be a spanner in the works at the end of the year. Yes, yeah, agree. You know, like you said, you have got Mategi, um, Thailand, Philip Island. Uh, yeah, Spain. Philip Island. You know, you've got them races which some of these haven't raced at, so it's gonna. That it's gonna lie in the in the court of say Garcia's who have raced there. Um, but moving further down again, Garcia in thirds probably 
frustrating that he didn't manage to pip um, Foggia because he had it, didn't he? Was it the penultimate corner um, that he he overtook Foggia? And then the final corner, or, or am I thinking more of two? I might be uh, Argentina? No, sorry, uh, Sa- Saxon Ring. Oh, Saxon Ring, yeah, it was the last corner he overtook him. It was that he yeah. eyed it up on the penultimate one, but on the mm. last corner he eyed it. He, he went for it, but couldn't get it stopped. Yeah. So that, that, that'll be frustrating for Garcia, I think, because he's known, mm-hmm. known, he knows he's dropped points there. But, I mean, but, still but a strong race. But to be race. fair to Garcia, he, look at um, Magello, he picked up points. Because obviously yeah. he won. Um, Catalonia didn't win, but come fourth, picked up points. Saxon Ring didn't win, picked up points, finished third. Like, if I am Aspar or Gino Boisoy at, at Gas Gas, I'm sitting there and saying, look, you might not be on top in terms of form with these and winning at the minute, but you're only bike lengths away from where you want to be. So it's not the end mm. of the world and you're you're leading the championship. So, you know, get it over the line at Assen. Chances are you're going to be on the podium with your general pace. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're in a good position. He's in a very good position. Well, yeah, still, I mean, like, like we always say on this podcast, consistency is key. And he's he is being consistent. He's he's doing what he's doing last year, really, picking up the points. Up until obviously his injury, he was still picking up points when it mattered, and keeping in there. So he's he's doing the same. Um, so he's he's keeping it, and he's still in the champ leader of the championship. And mm. of course, he imagine if he went for that lunge on Foggia, um, binned it, he wouldn't <laughs> be leading the championship. So sometimes you're picking up. Uh, is it 15 points for third? Picking up 15 points is better than picking up mm. zero. So I seem to remember, I don't know if my memory is serving me right, but I think it was 20... Oh, this this is an absolute stab in the dark. But I think it was 2014 where I think Rabat was going into the last corner. You remember Tito Rabat and Moto2 on the Mark VDS? I think he was going into the last corner on the last lap. And I think it was actually Frankie Morbidelli on the Italtrans took him out. That mm. might be wrong. But I remember seeing it coming for a while and being like, he's going to go for it on the last corner and he wiped him out. And it was so, like, that was the last time I think I remember a last mm. lap Well, Well, actually, last, last season at Austria, uh, where Garcia and Costa were fighting for the lead and yeah. Garcia went for it, didn't he, on the, the, the final corner, I think. And yeah, he touched the damp, it, didn't he? Yeah. Just managed. Yeah, I think he did. But he just managed to... Get on back on the bike. I think he wheeled it home in like second. seventh or something, didn't he? Or, no, he I finished second, remember. I think. I think he, oh, did he? Yeah, because he had that much of a lead, he managed to finish second. Oh yeah, yeah, because it was damp. There was a lot of them. Yeah. They just they just split up. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he and he still had like all the, the gravel coming mm. out of his bike. But that could have been it. Obviously, it didn't amount to much at the end, come the end of the season. But um, he got off lightly with that at the time. <clears throat> um, yeah. But moving further down the grid, anyone else you want to talk about? Good. Good comeback well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see that Scott Ogden's all right. Oh, yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, we can touch on, on the kind of DNFs. Yeah, that was a huge high side, wasn't it? That was... Mm. I think it what? was the, the, the on-chew instant in front of him that took his eye mm. line and then just, you know... Yes. It, it, so it glad to see that Scott's all right. Because he was, um, he was very close to being hit by another bike. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. Well, it was... um Was it Bartelli? Mm. Bertelli, Matteo, Matteo yeah. Bertelli, I think it was. Yeah, um, Bertelli, Bertelli. Yeah, it was. It was good seeing it, him get up. Um, a shame, really, because again, pace-wise, he he had something in the bag. 
Yeah, Cop and obviously seeing so, McPhee get wiped out of the first corner. Standard that McPhee. team does not have much luck, does it? Um, I think McPhee, McPhee's been cursed. Sure, yeah, I think since last year when you were jokingly like, I think there's a sniper listening to us, but genuinely, I, the bloke can't get a break this year. He cannot um, catch a break at all. It, and it was just, it was silly, wasn't it, from Tatai? I mean, mm. just to make that big of a dive bomb, and I think he knows that. I think he's going to get a penalty. Um, another brilliant result for Munoz. I think people will just look at Barcelona and think, well, it's not yeah. second. I mean, ninth in his third race. It's... He's someone to watch. He's, he's finished 21 seconds off Guevara, which everyone finished at least five. So 16, if you like, from the rest of the pack on a track I don't think he's ever been to. And his teammate, Anna Carrasco, finished 77 seconds behind. Yeah. It, it, you he's, know, it, uh, it, it bodes well for him in that team. It does. Cause, because he, he's obviously coming quarter, third of the way through the season. Yeah. I don't think much is expected of him, but he's already setting himself up line nicely for next mm. season you know his first full season which was and is when you can you can judge him properly i think um yeah. so it of course he gets that full pre-season then first race and whatnot so yeah, yeah. he's one he's one to watch 100 um, percent. i think to be honest i think my rider of the day is going to be between daniel hargard holgado mm. i think danny had a really good race i mean well, yeah, he's come yeah. back from a very Long difficult race. beginning yep. of the season when he broke yep. his leg yep sixth um, place Sixth place, well, solid, we, solid run. We know he's got the talent. He won the um, yeah. junior, is it? Yeah, CIV junior World Championship. Yeah, junior World Championship. So he he's got the talent there, um, and he's bedding in nicely. So yeah, eighth, obviously for Adrian Fernandez, which is yep, a massive a solid ride. Um, a massive result for Munoz, like I've said, and you know what? I'll give it even Ortola because he's kind of a. Mm. I think he just gets overshadowed a little bit. He's a he's a really good talent. He's not on the the, the best of bikes. Um, yeah, I think a top ten for Ivan Altola is a great ride. I think you could pick any of those people I've just mentioned there, and yeah, you could be reasonable. You'd be reasonable enough to pick Ivan Guevara because the ride was just exceptional. I think I think every one of today's yeah winners you could pick as well. Oh, easy, days, really. easily. I think for me it's Sasaki. Yeah, yeah. First race back after um, the incident was it Magello? He had the incident, or was it? Yeah, with Messiah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so to come back and get fourth, uh, and not actually, not be the too far off podium finish. You know, that's that was a solid ride, really. Zach, and he's he's still showing he's got some bags of potential. Um, and which obviously the injury wasn't nothing, was it? Exactly, and and arguably he should have won the first race of the season. Forget if it wasn't. Yeah. For a punishment didn't fit the crime. He had a tiny little high side which destroyed his fare in some so yeah. you know, it unlucky. So you know which for anyone listening, still... he didn't crash. He he literally no, he high sided, no. saved it, and the bike just said no. Yeah, the fare was like, nah, too much for me. <laughs> of course he, then yeah. you realise actually how much the aero actually affects it because it didn't yeah. by he the was looks of it seconds. It, he was, and it wasn't even that big of a... If mm. anyone hasn't seen it, we're not talking, you know, half of his bike fell off. It was literally just a bit of fairing was loose and flapping in the wind, wasn't it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the pace he lost, he lost second. So it, it mm. was crazy. But for me, I'd give it Sataki, definitely. Fair enough. Um, moving on to mode two, I mean, I think we could just put in a section where we say the winner was unbelievable, the rest didn't have a you know, a, a scratch on them and just leave it because 
Augusto Fernandez, <clears throat> excuse me, Augusto Fernandez first with a 7.7 second gap to Pedro Acosta in second, so a Red Bull KTM I one two. Funnily enough, the second year in a row. Um, with Sam Lowe's in third, which was a relief, to say the least, with <laughs> Sam having a lot of bad luck. Yeah, I, um, I'm... Yeah, it, it is good to see him yeah. on the podium. That'll be huge for his as well. This was an exciting race for me. I thought, I thought the Moto3 race, race was okay. It was good. Um, as far as Moto3 Moto standards, maybe it was just um, par for the course, really. Uh, again, with Saxon Ring, it's never the most exciting circuit, but <coughs> again, Podger on um, Messiah, uh, not Messiah, sorry, Garcia made it fairly interesting, but I thought this was probably the most exciting of the three, really, uh, race-wise. Again, at the front, um, Fernandez checked out and that, but you know, Acosta, there were some good moves, weren't they, at turn oh, three? The racing was was brilliant. We, you know, Moto2, as we saw at Barcelona, the, the racing we're seeing is is just non-stop action, really. Um, Fernandez, literally every it was like turn three, bang straight up the inside. The, yeah. It was like Lorenzo esque to just slip mm. it right up the inside. Like, yeah, it's so good. It really was. I mean, again, Acosta, Lowe's, Trotter, all fighting for those um, podium finishes. That was exciting um, with the battling going on there. Further down the order, I think we had. Again, I mean, obviously, good to see Marcel Schroeder fight for a podium. I really wanted him. If it wasn't for really, Sam, I would have I mean, wanted him to be on the box. I mean, I was going to talk about the turnout. Um, Germany had mm. an amazing turnout. Huge. Over 200,000 over the weekend. Something like the biggest sporting event in Germany, something yeah. like that, in terms of mm-hmm. attendance over the week. But I found this very perplexing because so far this season, attendance hasn't been great. For most venues, I think post COVID's been hard, hasn't it? Yeah. For people to start coming back. The, the venues are wanting the same amount. Yeah. And people being... are like, we don't have the same amount because yeah. of COVID. And, and Germany, with not really having much of a motorbike racing background, or not currently anyway, in terms of riders and manufacturers and stuff like that and teams, to have such a massive turnout was quite yeah. strange. In a country it... that doesn't really have anyone that's doing yeah, exactly. Um I mean, unless they were, they were really selling them at a discount. Which is always possible, um, because they said that one of the reasons Mugello was a bit empty compared to usual price of the ticket. So maybe, maybe yeah, that, Mugello that and was, the boycotting uh, maybe... of Rossi was yeah, the, yeah, that yeah. was the two had two for them. Which is a shame, but like Saxon Ring shown that it's not, um, it's not like that everywhere. It's not endemic, um, and hopefully, again, Aston will see a packed out crowd. I'm praying Silverstone should be packed out. Um, so I, I feel like we're going to have a. Hopefully, by the end of the season, it's going to be a, an even keel of of packed out venues and kind of underwhelming, which shows that it's not all one sided in terms mm-hmm. of everything being a bit underwhelming. So I did want to mention that, and that ties in yeah. with the fact that kind of it was so tough because I wanted Trotter to get podium so badly, I really did. You know, the homeboy Germany, um, and he's he's showing he's doing quite well recently. The last few races, he's done I've really not well. I've seen Trotter look that good since. I mean, looked good in Barcelona, but. He, he, he was ready for it. For it. He, he knew it was like he could. He was channeling the German fan race. But Sam Lowe's as well, I thought, bloody hell, like, he needs mm. a podium desperately. And obviously he's British. We, we, yeah. On this podcast, we don't we don't shy away from the fact we're big. We are big lovers of the, the British boys, obviously. Um, so it was, it was, my heart was torn, really, between them two. Obviously, 
they both could have got a podium, but I think we knew that Acosta was probably gonna gonna sneak a podium with his talent. Um, so I'm kind of bittersweet, I guess. I'm happy. I'm happy either way. Actually, I, I guess it was a win-win either way. Yeah. Um, but it was a good performance from Sam. What is needed um, for all we season, really, or ever since. I mean, Mugello especially. That was like a a low Kicking point the of the teeth, season, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so to come back with the podium is definitely what I needed and again we're in a good position to carry that into Assen, then into you know summer break and then into obviously Silverstone which home race if you can get something out of that race that would be incredible so um, it's a good if you're going to ha- if you're going to have like a run of results it's probably a good time to start having yeah. them um, for, for Sam um, again Pedro Costa as we mentioned with the news that he's not going to be um, racing in in uh, in Assen, it's quite again. It, it's taken the wind out of the sails, hasn't it? Because it this has, is someone we know. Time, got he's gone talent. in with a yeah. He's gone in with a race victory at Mugello, not great at Barcelona, but then back on the podium at Saxon He knows that a it wasn't a one off, which I think he knows anyway. But b it, it you know when he comes back, he knows that well. I was capable. You know, look. Bear in mind. Mm. Take away Pedro Costa 2021, right? As much as as well as you can do. Take it out of your head. Rookie of Moto Two, he's won this soon and on the podium again. You know that. As long as he gets back his fitness, I just think it'll be a bit of a delay in his time. You know, I think yeah. it should be delayed. I mean, inevitable. yeah, yeah. I think on the flip side, to carrying momentum into a, a summer break, probably the best time to have an in is going into the summer break because you've got more mm. time to recover and. Especially we've dropped Kimi Ring, which means that the break is longer as well than it would be. Mm. Um, it, yes, he's missing Assen, which is probably going to frustrate the hell out of him. But um, you know he's got a long time now to to recover from it. So, and uh, hopefully by Britain he's coming back in the, the same shape and form that he's mm. he's in at the moment. So, you know, I wouldn't be too concerned about Costa at the moment. I think it's just, I mean, he's not he's not really fighting. Championship, anyway. so it's not. No. I mean, not to say it's Moto Two, not to say it couldn't, but it's not a massive. You know, it's not a massive loss. I don't think. Um, well, I mean, on, on the um, on the topic of championship challenges, Celestino mm. Vietti gave it a good go of giving it even more away by yeah, winning it. I was, yeah, weekend. I was about to. I was about to do what you did and mention championship wise. Bloody hell, Vietti. He must be thinking, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I want to keep this championship exciting, and <laughs> yeah, because now been in it. How many? What lap was he on when he binned it? Lap twenty-one. There's was seven it? laps. Yeah. So he must have been seven laps to go, or was it seven 21. laps in? I can't remember. Yeah, how t- lap twenty-one. I've got it up here. So lap twenty-one, yeah. he binned it. Um, it's not really what you need when you're a championship leader, or you know, it's. It's not, but then again, he seems to, in my opinion, he does seem to have that look on his side because if you look at the likes of Kanat and Agora, he's not really lost all that many points to him, has he? No, because them well, two. I mean, Agora finished win eighth. Yeah, yeah so Kanat Agora ninth. finished eighth. Kanat, obviously, Fernandez no. with that win has pushed him up um, with those in, into two? third place. That's that's a bit... with Fernandez now on form, you know. Fernandez is looking great at the minute. Really, like mm. he's not just winning; 
battles, he's winning. Do you know what I mean? Even at Barcelona. Yeah. He didn't win, but he just looked quicker than arguably everybody in front of him, really. It was more just a case of getting by Dixon. Well, he's but... in his stride now, it seems. Seems like he's really settled in. I mean, if you look at his since his DNF in Portugal, which again is not really you couldn't really blame him for. Um he's had a fourth, first, fifth, third, first. So he's getting yeah. he's banking that, that consistency. Um, which again is what you need. Um and, and Vietti hasn't really been all that consistent. I think he's just been in the right place at the right time and when he has dropped, everyone else seems to have dropped points. I mean, Obviously, he was at the Vietti start of the year. Time. He looked great, didn't he? At the start yeah, of the he did. I mean, he had first, second, first. Um, and then and then obviously looked into a, a second at Portugal by being rubbish and not being, <laughs> and not being at the front to crash out. Yeah, um, he, he actually, like we said on the Portimao podcast, he actually benefited from that, from not doing so well because he was the only one out of the big ch- title challenges mm. that wasn't fighting at the front that got involved in the oil. Got dropped, so bit of luck is, there. It, but I mean, yeah. it is. I mean, he's he's. If you look, he's had three DNF, and the last person, I mean, Aaron Cannett in fourth is the only other person with three DNF who was kind of near him in terms of points wise. So it kind of shows how how kind of how fortunate he's been when he has DNF mm. that other people around him haven't picked up as many points as they really could have or should have, and I think that's why maybe. I'm still leaning towards him winning the title because I, I feel like he's just got the look on his side and that's what you kind of need a lot of the time to win in title in, in any of the classes, not just, not just like P. You need that yeah. look. You need to be able to, when you drop point, you need your opponents to not maximise it. And at the moment, that's that's kind of how it's working out. For and all he needs to do is seem to, of course he won. He won last time out. He got first place in Spain. And all he needs to do is say, I don't know, podium Assen, um, maybe, I don't know, finish low down in Britain, and he'll probably still be there or thereabouts at the top yeah. by the looks. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with you in, in a lot of the respects of that. Um, I do think Canet's got a good chance if he can pick up consistency again mm. um, and Agora needs to be a lot more consistent to, to fight for he does. to fight for a championship but um, moving on we'll get on to dry, uh, Rider of the Day Yes, I do think for me it's between either, I think you could pick either Boscos Gora, I think for me now the to get fifth is a brilliant result and I think Alonso Lopez yep. having come in a second behind Aldegar in seventh is a great result so I, I'll pick Fermin but Alonso Lopez equally is applicable for that. Both result. great result, definitely honourable mentions. I'm going to go with Schrotter again. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not fair. superstitious, but every time I've given him rider of the day, <laughs> he's done well in the next race. <laughs> I could rather I could rider of the day him to a championship win. Who knows? Maybe yeah. If he does win the world championship, you can you can claim all the credit for that. <laughs> Like, I think I will. I want to see you in Valencia on the podium with him, you know, yes. celebrating with it. Like, this is the only reason I've made it to this, 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 we should really, in my career. um, end of the season's award, uh, or end <laughs> when we do like an end of end of the season kind of roundup, we should really top up the rider with the days we've given out and see mm. how, you know, who's got how many. That's a great idea. Be. We, we definitely should do that. 
But <laughs> that would then be given. Uh, I suppose if it gets to the end of the year, like for example, take it on last year's results. If Fabio doesn't get them, it doesn't mean to say that Fabio didn't perform as well as what we think he no, should have done or whatever. No. It's probably because he won more races and we it don't does, tend to we, give the we winner. We don't really, apart from me last season, we don't really give rider of the day to the winner. That's Unless I've had an absolutely like a... outstanding performance. Yeah, rider of the day was sort of introduced by myself to sort of highlight somebody that you think deserves a bit more credit for the result that they've got. Um, which sometimes ends up being like, no, they, they just deserve it. Like they just they just do. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like Alaysia at Silverstone last year, I think he I think he got all of our vote for Rider of the Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, no. I think both of ours are fair enough. So we move on to the MotoGP result, which I can proudly say mm. first was Mr. Fabio Quattararo with his French compatriot in second with Zarco and Jack Miller finishing third. Um, what's your thoughts on this, Josh? Because we did go into Saxon Ring kind of saying, we think Fabio's got a good chance. Like, if it's going to be anyone, it probably will be Fabio. But I certainly didn't expect 4.9 seconds being the second place gap. No. Um, I, it, it was a muted race for me. Again, Saxon Ring maybe isn't the best example of, of raceability for, for MotoGP bikes. I did think maybe coming off the high of the Moto2 race kind of brought back down a little bit by the GP race. Um, but I think that's been a little bit of a, for me anyway, personally, that's been a bit of a um, story so far this season with MotoGP. Um, You've really taken to Moto2 this year, haven't you? I do. I enjoy it. I think there's been more, for me, there's Moto3, there's been as many good races as there's been mediocre races. Um, Moto2, there's been more good races than mediocre races. I think MotoGP, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I think there's been more mediocre races than good races so far this season. Um, and that's no discredit to someone like Fabio, who, of course, it's not his fault he's doing so well. <laughs> you know, it's he's yeah, riding... He even posted after the race, like, sorry that sorry for the boring race. It was almost like, a, yeah, it, what do you stopped... want me to do? You're not going to yeah, slow, exactly. you're not gonna get him to the, slow the, down, are you? There's, like... there's no, for me, there is no bitterness at the fact that someone's running away with a lead especially because it happened in all three classes. You can't just point the finger at MotoGP for this. Um, but in general, I think there's not really been that championship fight, that championship battle, which we was all kind of hoping for going into the season or wanting, um, off the, especially off the back of last season when it when it looked like it was, you know, setting up the stage for this season. Um, yeah, yeah with, with, with Banyaya chasing it down, we thought, oh, it'll be great for next season. But for me... Just Fabio's on another level at the moment. It really is like it's. It, I'd say it's frustrating, but it isn't because you have say, to admire you, you, it. Yeah, I was just about to say. And that. he's I in my fantasy he... team, so. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, thankfully he's in my team, so I mean, I, yes. I'm even happier with that. But besides all the biasness, or besides all the, you know, what what Josh has just been alluding to, which to a certain degree, I do, I do get what what he's saying and. I get the argument of someone saying it's not as exciting as X race, but I <laughs> name me one Saxon Ring race in the last ten years that you've watched and been like that was that's up there for the whole season for me. I don't think mm. there has been one. I, which, I, yeah, you know, I, I, under, I understand that side of the argument. Yeah, yeah, but 
like Josh has just said, you, you do have to get to a point where you you have to look at that race and go, Fabio, fair play. You, you can't look at that race and go, oh, that, that that's just boring from Fabio. Yeah, like, Fabio, slow down. Let someone pass you. Something, you the, know? The, I mean, let me just put it into context for some people that might not know this. The bloke was coughing and like ill as a dog the whole weekend. He literally said it on Friday, I feel I feel ill. I'm not up to it, but we'll see how we can get on. And he's <laughs> he's gone for thirty laps at the Saxon Ring, and the nearest guy is five seconds behind, and then the next guy's eight point three behind him, mm. and he's ill as a dog, and he's still blitz in them i mean yeah i'm not saying it to like boost you know pump smoke up my ass for being yammer or what you you can't look at that and go well you know you got a bit of luck with bagnaya crashing now or what no fabio pushed bagnaya into mistake like he did at Mazzano last year yep yeah he did he like he, he said okay you you want to have a dig at me like he did the previous lap and fabio gave him out what you know if you're going to dish it out you got to you got to take it back which he did and then Fabio basically said, all right, then, I'll show you what I'm capable of this lap. And Bagnaia thought, crap, he's getting away a little bit here. I've got to match it. If I want to beat this man this year, I've got to match him. I can't keep letting him go away. And look what happened, you know. Well, it's, it, credit it's to him. Ring. It's, I think even before the race, um, pundits were talking to BT, like a lot of people know it to be true. Like, it's crucial. The first couple of laps are absolutely crucial in that race to set the tone for it. For the for the rest of the race, and Quattro got past him, and there was nothing Banyai could do about it. That was it, it was absolutely, um, you know, the crucial in terms of how that race would play out. And once Quattro was past him, that was it. The, Banyai just didn't have an answer. You know, maybe Banyai could have held on to the win if if he'd have stayed in front, but he didn't. And then he pushed, and then he yeah. crashed. And we saw it again with Mia. Mia in the same spot, pushed, crashed. Um, and and it you look at the tricky. start, like Pe- Pecco started at, on pole mm. and didn't take advantage of that. Fabio exactly. took advantage it's, of him being massive. in second and thought, and people say, oh, he's on the inside, but it's like, well, you've got to have, if you have a good start from pole on a Ducati, you don't really have much more of an excuse. You don't. I mean, Fabio put the soft compound on. He knew we had to go for it on that lap, on that first, you know, one or two, first two laps. He knew we had to go for it and he managed to get it done. Was it into the first corner he got it done? Mm, yeah. I mean, that was it. <laughs> it, it that was like, it, it was like, that was an, as F1 as you can get with a race in terms of. It reminds of me of Marquez. Though. Done Marquez used to do the same thing where first corner he would get his elbows out and say, no, I'm the man here. And people mm, would, I'm people so, would yeah. go, all right, I'll try and match it. And they would fall. They would fall. You so can't. if <laughs> you there's know, anything you... that anyone's learned this season, is you can't just match Fabio like. Pound for pound, in my opinion. Can't you can't you can't follow Fabio and think I'm going to do what you're doing for this race. Yeah. You're not gonna. There's nothing you can do, especially on a track like Saxon Bring, where you don't have like a three kilometer long straight to to do anything about. If it's if it's you that's know, what I'm that, saying. I think the creamers rose to the top in mm, in Saxon Ring. You do see Ring it and, yeah, I mean like, through through the left handers down the back side of the corner where it kind of goes turn three, turn four, turn five. Then they start going downhill and then back up. Fabio through there was unbelievable. Mm. He was on rails the whole way around it. Yeah. It was just phenomenal to watch. Well, I mean, anyone can go fast on a bike. 
down a straight, really. On the MotoGP grid, obviously, if I was doing it, I'd, I'd be, be gone. Like, there's no way. But on the MotoGP grid, anyone can go fast down a straight if you've got the bike. It's all about the rest of the lap. Um, mm. And kind of because Saxon ring negates that straight line speed or that ability to go fast for a long period of time, like you said, the cream does rise. It's like I think in the wet still, the cream rises to a certain degree because the, yeah, it's you've more got the bike about the rider in the wet. Yeah, if if the bike is capable to run in the wet and match everybody else, you can make a big difference in the wet mm. as a rider, for sure, 100%. Um, so Fabio just showing at the moment he's the man to beat, 100%. I mean, maybe at the beginning of the season we weren't saying that, but if I'm Fabio, I don't know about you, Bono, because you're more invested in the Yamaha side of things and what. If I'm Fabio, I, I wouldn't be really pushing much on more straight-line speed. Yes, if you can get a couple of more horsepower out of it, Happy days, but it really, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, I, I, I do, I do back that. I'm, I was actually talking to my, uh, to my dad about this because he was saying, you know, if Yamaha find five or six more horsepower like Suzuki did, you won't see Fabio for dust. And I'm like, I agree, but the grass ain't always greener on the other side. So, mm. we'll, you know, we, I suppose that's what testing's for, isn't it? Um, they might do like, in a way, like what Ducati have done and gone for something else and then reverted back to an older system. That might happen, um, but I mean, for, for to say that that bike's the slowest in the grid by, in MotoGP terms, a lot. When we went into this year, we were like, "Damn, Yamaha are really suffering on straight line speed." Considering everybody else had found more speed, mm. and Fabio's doing that on that bike. I mean, the and Magello sat at Scarperia, which is around the top side of the circuit. The, oh, just watching him going into braking zones, it was like, I mean, no disrespect to the rest of the grid, but there's certain corners I'm watching him at, and I'm like, it's like the rest of the grid are there for a track day. He gains yeah. like 10, 15 metres on everyone in corners. It's it's that, phenomenal. That, it really is. It's it phenomenal. Is. He, there, that's a match made in heaven. That The, the Yamaha in, the, in its current state, and Fabio in his current state, that's a match made with heaven, and I'd be very hesitant to change mix that formula up too much. Um, yeah. I mean, that's they... looking very good for him. Exactly. The the unintended consequences of maybe adding a, a five, six, seven, eight, eight plus extra horsepower could outweigh the, um, well, it could outweigh the, what they've got at the moment. You know, that it could, it could be a step backwards. I mean, I mean it's I think, a perfect Personally, I, I think if the... they find like two or three, I mean, people say, oh, two or three is not going to make any difference, but I think two or three would kind of knock that... You know when you watch Magello and you went, oh no, here they come. Like the I think that two or three kind of just suppresses that enough yeah. to it, not lose out what they have. If if you could go to Yamaha now and say, or even Fabio and say, all right, you can have three extra horsepower and nothing fundamental with the bike at the moment changes, or you can have eight plus, but there's going to be consequences on the other side of the coin. I think it's a no-brainer which you'd go with, personally. Mm. Um, but I don't know. They might maybe with Suzuki going, they could poach some some um, staff from Suzuki in terms of the engine side because they made quite big gains engine wise. Obviously, it's amounted to nothing really, but it could be tempting. They could think, well, let's see how the way they've done it. Because I think if Suzuki had ended up staying, we'd probably be seeing a different Suzuki now. Because obviously, I don't think they're really putting too much. Um, 
improving it and obviously the morale of everyone and the riders of everyone's kind of just binned it off really haven't they this season so um it's uh it's an opportunity for yamaha to maybe poach a couple of people or pick the brains of the suzuki engine team and say look how did you how can you or how are you getting that power extra horsepower out of the inline four um so that's interesting but for me yeah that final thing on I think it, his championship to lose. I know you don't like talking really about the championship, but for me, if it was somebody else, I'd be saying it is. Yeah, because it's yeah, you don't like doing on. it. It's for me, done. it's over. For me, the championship's done already. I think he's got it in the bag. I'm not see. It, 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 I think touch, well, not touch wood, but for me, because I'm not too fussed really. But I think he's going to win in Nassau. He'll probably win in Britain, maybe Austria. There's a couple there which are a bit iffy. Well, but, the, the track's changed, hasn't it? So, yeah, exactly. Actually, that's a point. But then again, actually, is it changed for the better? Because now it's not. Well, there's not as big a straight line speed in yeah, there. Yeah, so it might have changed for the better for Fabio. It might, so that could might be, help Fabio. It um, might help Fabio. But we have Misano, which he goes well around. You know, yep, there's Misano. He's got. He's already. He's already got a gap to the point where I think it'd be very. We all know. Yeah, we all know Fabio's. Fabio's consistent. You know, he never really makes. Thick. He just doesn't. Um, he doesn't have to I win. I can't every believe race. he doesn't crash, and he's still. It's mad. I can't believe that Saxon Ring. He didn't crash, but he knows the limit a whole lot more than anybody it's, else to beat him by five bizarre. seconds. It, I do not understand it. It's so bizarre. He's already. Like we we used to see Marquez crash, but know the limit and go. Fucking hell, he's found another limit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But Fabio finds a limit that no one else gets even close to. Even the people and on the same bike, and still blitzes everybody. Ill, ill. It's almost like there's, there's <laughs> it's almost like he's got something on his dashboard saying that's the limit. You know, don't don't do anything more because he seems to just know it. He's like, but don't you think it's a bit away. scary to think if he did push the limit a little bit more yeah, where it was dangerous it. and 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 he could and he could find that extra 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 limit. Yeah, that's scary, but he doesn't need do to. Know what I mean? Does he? But that's, that's what I say. Don't, he, he doesn't. Need I, to. It's not like we're saying he's in autopilot because he's not. He's not. But the difference between I mean, I'll, I'll say again. We'll, we'll finish on Fabio when we get to this point. But Fabio at Saxon Ring made Saxon Ring look like it was flat as a pancake. Mm. Like I yeah. think there was a couple of times in the turn one where he had the back wheel up and everything. It was kind of like tailgating a little bit, like fishtailing. Sorry, and I was sort of like, oh yeah, 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 that's quite good. But apart from that, the bloke is. I can't get over how smooth it is. He doesn't look quick. No, he? he's... I, I'm I'm actually quite... I'm gutted we're not seeing Marquez race. Or we didn't see uh, I'm looking race. forward to Mark getting back. I really I am too. Because I'm oh, thinking, yeah. if you have Marquez at Saxon Ring versus Fabio in his current form, that would have Here's been Here's a question for about... you. I saw somebody put something up. Um, I think it was everything motor racing, and they said the results will surprise you. I'm yet to find out their their answer to this, but I want your opinion, Josh. How do you feel a informed Marquez would would bode against current Quattararo? Because mm. people are quick to say Marquez because he's won. Are we, are we going track specific or or just in general? General over let's oh. say five rounds. Oh. Because I'll be honest with you. I think an informed Marquez chasing after that 
it's one of them. If if Quattararo gets in front, which he he does very often with how late he breaks, and then hits five markers in the next corners, I'm like, who on earth can catch him? I what think an, an inform Marquez is just so quick in general. For me, it all boils down to like currently. Let's go with inform Fabio because he's in form. This is this may not be the best Fabio we'll ever see, which is scary to think that even say that. But at the moment, it's probably the best he's ever been um, versus like an informed market. For me, it's whoever blinks first because I think they're both pushing, they would both yeah. push each other. I mean, Fabio never really, at the moment, he's not really got in anyone who's pushing him. No, but you know, you know, if you look at, and I was at this race, Mizano 2019, I don't know if you remember it, but it was mm. Quattararo against Marquez. They both battled it out. They, they cleared off from the rest of the pack. Quattararo won a Patronus Yamaha. And Marquez 2019, as we all know, was in form. Was in form. And Quattararo stuck with him. Didn't beat him, but stuck with him. I now go, that Marquez against this Quattararo, I think there'd be a different result. I, I really think, do. I think we'd be back and forth. We know, we know Marquez crashes a lot. And I think Fabio would push him into a lot of crashes and a lot of mistakes. Mm. But on the flip side, I do feel in 2019 Marquez would maybe make Fabio push the limits more than he's doing. I do, yeah. But I, would... we have just said that we don't even feel like Quattararo is even in that bracket. No, yet. we don't. But obviously, the more you push the limits, the more chance of mistake. So I think it'd be it'd be tough, but it's very 50-50. I, I don't think... Bear in mind, that was a rookie Quattararo it. I'm referring mm, to. Do you know, know what yeah, I mean? It's, 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 the talent he has is crazy. I think... I don't Not know if many we'll people touched Marquez that year, but so if if anyone could, the yeah, fact that it was a rookie Fabio. on an old bike makes me think mm. current Fabio. Well, yeah, that's against why that Marquez. I'm not saying he'd beat him clear. Tough. I'm not, but I genuinely think the fact that that conversation is a fair conversation to have shows how good Fabio mm. is at the minute. I think it all depends. It'd be track specific, and it depends who's leading and who's chasing. Maybe that's let me say this to you. Let's say, let's say, right, uh, Mizano, because that was the track that I'm referring to, and Fabio lunges in at Marquez at turn one and leads going into turn one. Mm. In that, in in them scenarios, I think, I think Fabio probably, in all all honesty, I do. But do you really think if Marquez did the the vice versa that Fabio wouldn't be able to keep up with him? Because I. I look at that no. track and I go, I think Fabio would just sit behind, sit behind, sit, sit behind, behind, and then one big lunge. But I think, I, um, but I'm thinking, and in that scenario, I'm thinking it's more on, it's more Mark making a mistake and allowing mm. Fabio through. Now, maybe that would happen because we know Mark does tend to mistake, but it's it's tough in it it's one of those hypothetical yeah, it's, it's so hypothetical difficult. but it, i mean you, the, the point my point is is the fact that you can put the conversation in yeah, and someone and it, it not there. be a that's ridiculous obviously but it shouldn't be an easy one it's not it, obvious it, i don't think it's obvious it i really don't i mean listeners out there if you if you want to chime in on this because there's probably some of you um screaming marquez there's probably some of you screaming fabio and probably some maybe in the same boat as me um just when we put this up, just have, give us your thoughts on it on the Discord. I would love or, to hear people's thoughts, yeah, genuinely. Especially, especially. Yeah, even even if it is everyone that goes Marquez, that, that's completely fair enough. I'm not saying I'm I'm firmly Fabio, because 
Marquez 2019 was just... <laughs> but, but, if we're going on now, Marquez 2019 didn't have that much competition. Fabio... I think Fabio has more competition. I just think he's that much better than his competition, like Marquez mm. was, that makes me think this Quattararo on this form against 2019 Marquez would be a very, very exciting... It wouldn't be a one-way street either no, wouldn't, way. wouldn't. Either way. But this is why I'm fascinated for next season. Like I said, I think this season's done and dusted. So we'll get on to the... We will cover the rest of the race in a second, trust us. But... <laughs> um, this is why I'm excited for next season because let's say me on a Repsol, Honda Repsol, if they've got that Honda in any if in any shape and they're not still in the wilderness with it, which is quite a big ask to be honest at the moment. It's not gonna be an overnight fix, is it? If if that's the case and we could see some sort of um kind of not mirroring because mirroring because it wouldn't be the same, but we would see shades of say, I think a Marcus Fabio battle, like you're saying hypothetically. Because I think Mir's, I still think Mir's so much talent, um, mm, and he's agreed. smart. He's very smart on that bike. He knows his limits, and it's. I always feel like it's just that Suzuki's just held him back time. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Mir's overrated. I'm sure a lot of people think that. But for me, if he's on a Repsol Honda and that Honda's in some kind of shape to fight for wins, then we're going to have and and if if Fabio and that Yamaha. You know they haven't mixed, they haven't messed with the formula too much for next season, and it's in the same kind of form and and mm. shape it's in now. We could have a hell of a battle on our hands, and then that's not yeah. factoring in the Ducati or the KTM or the Aprilia. So yeah, it's it's that's why I'm so excited for next season because I this all hypothetical oh Fab, uh, Marcus versus Fabio, um, who would win in uh, in the primes? It still could happen. That still could happen. Marquez could come back and be better than ever, or we could have someone who, who replaces Marquez and battles Fabio within an inch of his life on either side. You know, that's why I'm excited for next season, and that's why I guess I'm a bit disappointed with this season and a bit deflated. Not just because Suzuki's leaving, which we're obviously well, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. But... I know it isn't. I know it isn't. But we're we're approaching halfway in the season. And I can't see. I don't know where it's going to come from. The kind of the. Uh, the excitement, the drama of sport, of well, this does, sport, does which... The, does the Bono jinx come in where I've cared about my fantasy for the first time in a month and put Fabio in my team on double points for this weekend? I have done that as well. So, uh... Well, there we go then, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I could ruin your fantasy and the whole championship. God. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, everyone's we'll now see. thinking shit get rid of my double boost, yes i'm, I'm tempted now you've out. said you've done that i'm getting rid of him from my <laughs> highly um well, but m- moving on from fabio to another frenchman who finished second fair play i've been thinking a lot about this rumor right and i actually think it's probably the best decision person i've 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 chewed on it a lot since our last podcast and yes for me I think Zarko should go in that on a year plus, on a one plus one deal. I think he deserves it. I think it's a no-brainer. I think he deserves it. The the consistency he's had, he's third in the championship, I forget, at the moment. Even a one plus one, I think, is a bit... Business makes sense, but give the guy a chance. Yeah. For me, a one plus one is perfect. I think think if if they went up to Zarko and went one plus one, factory, he's not going to be like, 
no, actually, how about two plus one? He's going to be like, yes, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Because, give it yeah. yeah, give it me now. Take my money. You know, shut up and take I'll pay you. <laughs> I do think he's, he yeah. wants to be on that bike and he's proven that he's worth shot. Why not? And and again, even if it's a means to an end in the fact that you're putting a Martin and a Bastianini on, on the Pramac who can then fight it out I on some the machinery. Idea, it is a great really idea. Do. The more you talk about it, the more you think about it. For us to anyway, and a lot of other people, it, be, yeah. it is the logical idea to have, in my opinion. I, I've, I have since chewed on it as well, since bringing it up to you and being like, can you imagine? And now I'm like, yeah. That's great. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I can. It's a no-brainer, in my opinion. It's a no-brainer. Unless... I would feel really bad for Zarko. If he, it, because of the other two's form, I would feel really bad for him to then get shortchanged because I'd be like, well, other than win a race, the, the guy's been better than both of them. Oh, yes. Across the cross to, to that, Bassini has won three races. Yeah, but he's also crushed out on a load. And I like, yeah. I love all three of them: Martin, Bastianini, and Zarco. But to be honest, not consistency all wins to... wins titles. Not you yeah. Know, and actually, all he needs to do is win a race. We saw Bagnaia last season. <laughs> all he he won a race. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done. We saw Bagnaia last season. He won a race, and that kind of unlocked something in him. Um, mm. And Maybe Zarko, all he needs to do is win a race and could actually propel him to to a form, a, you know, skill, well, not skill level, but, you know, kind of confidence level that we've not seen in, in Zarko yet. So I think if he's he's probably closer to a win than he's ever been in his career right now. Yeah. And it's probably the opportunity is there for him to do it. Um, you know, if Fabio's an off day um, and Aleish has an off day, he could be well in the, the hunt for it. Um, mm. You know, so... I, it makes total sense for me. It really does. I, I feel it. Actually, I'm getting to the point where I think it'd be quite an injustice if he doesn't. Yeah, I, I um, agree. The I only agree. problem is my only issue is it seems Martin's coming back into some sort of form. But and he's I think not. If he, yeah, he's, yeah he's but in, he's he's not done anything across this season to warrant. He hasn't that, right? yet. If you just look on Martin, yeah, the, the first five or six races. I mean, come on. Apart from Argentina. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was done deal before the season started that Martin would eventually get that ride. But, but you can't give him a fat ride on that, can you? But it depends. Two podiums. Two podiums. We don't know behind the scenes how far things have gone along. You know, how early back things have gone along. We don't know when you, it's... You're not telling me Ducati are not talking to Jean Zarco at all. There should be. I but think. If you, mid- you know, if you heard that they weren't, you'd be like, what? Yeah, they probably are. The really, I think it'd be the smart move. If Ducati are, then they are smarter. Than maybe what we give them credit for, because he should be in that second seat. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, who knows? You know, MotoGP is a funny thing. Who knows? He he might end up being better than Anyaya. If he's on that factory seat, maybe yeah. that's why they don't. Maybe maybe that's why they don't want to do it. I don't know. You never know with it with how complicated. Never say never, do you? But I maybe. Mean... Maybe Bagnai would rather have Martin or Bastianini bike simply because he knows they're not as consistent in the in the result. And he maybe thinks, oh, you bang Zach on that other bike. He might put me to shame, not just every now and again, he might put become, me to shame it, every race. It, it could become Italian fever where if Bastianini goes to Pramac against Martin and Grassini get another Italian in in one of the VR46 guys, whether it be Vietti, whether it be you know, Bez or whatever moves Fiat into VR46, where Ducati go, brilliant, another Italian. 
on a Grassini. Fantastic. And it's like, everything makes sense. And then they can cross that bridge next year when it comes to who's done what. I just think, I really do think I would not even like, you can't feel sorry for many people in this sport, but if one guy deserves a go in a factory ride, for me, and on this year, the fact that the two who were also in the hat, for me, have not done enough. If if Bastianini wouldn't have crashed out as much, I'd say get Bastianini on it. it, it at one point, it was, yeah, he has done enough. But now, Mugello crashed. Barcelona, mm. did he crash as well there? Yes, Bastianini yeah. did. And this race has finished you see, 10th. Now, Zarco, even either way, if he, let's say, is a one one in the next season, or stays on Pramac, listen, if he if he's performing like he is, with consistent, what about Yamaha 2024? Do you think they'd go for it, or do they want youth? Do they want... Would they, would they be happy with two French? It would be, yeah. I mean, um... I mean, they get on, Fabio and Zarco, but maybe in the, in the same team they might. Would you, would you be happy with it? Would you want? Would you think? Would I oh, be happy with Zach it? One, yeah. um, I wouldn't be unhappy with it, but two Frenchmen I'm, I'm in still the same holding team. on to Morbidelli. People go, "Oh, he's done. He's done whatever." But like, I, I don't that's know. just a whole other thing. I, I just think Morbidelli's never suffered with pace ever in his career. Like, never, ever, ever has he suffered with pace. His pace has been his biggest attribute. FP4 in Germany, P5, wherever he was. The, the the session that goes shows your pace. He's always got pace. The bloke just cannot qualify on that bike. With the soft tire, he cannot do anything on it, and I don't understand why. I don't. It, that's a whole other conversation. But just... yeah, yeah, it's kind of worms with Morbidelli, really. Um, especially now with their options slimming, with losing the fact, with losing the satellite team, they've kind of got. There's a bigger decision to be made. Because before mm. they could be like, right, Morbidelli will keep you on, thanks someone else. Like, now it's kind of like, right, you want someone in? Do we want Morbidelli out? It's mm. difficult because, uh, as, I, as I've said numerous times, he's we know he's got the talent. He he could have, should have, could have, would have, should have won um, the championship in 2020. Uh, you know, he's got pace, and unfortunately, it's just not worked out for him this season and last season. So, and we know how competitive MotoGP is and how cutthroat can be if you don't get results. So, yeah. um, it's it next season's obviously make for break, make or break for him really, because um, there's a lot of people who'll be eyeing up that seat. Hell of a lot of people. Um, yeah, I, I think for um, not to cut you off, but I think for Ryder of the day, I've only just realised I've not mentioned Marini. I would. I... Oh, yeah. So impressed. I mean, Miller, yeah, with the long lap, well done for getting P3. That was solid ride. Credit where mm. credit is due. Fair play. But Marini looked so good in that last half. Like, considering tyre management and everything is such a big deal with these bikes when you actually consider the fact that Fabio did what he did on a medium. I look at like Marini putting the factory riders to shame in putting it into P5 and give it a couple more laps. I think he, he could have got on the podium. I just want to put it out there. What a ride. What a ride. Bearing in mind, you've just mentioned Martin. Marini finished in front of Martin. And Martin's meant yeah. to be the guy. It's like Zarco Miller, who was on his way out, but Zarco and Marini, two names that at the start of the year you would have never put in the hat for the factory ride. No, you I wouldn't. Don't, I don't think Marini will get it, obviously. Like, But these two, 
are not the people that people assume they're in for the, the factory tea, and they're beating both of them. I think Marini's seems to be someone who who kind of is slowly, slowly Slow but surely yeah. kind of fitting in and, and kind of bedding himself into to life in MotoGP. Um, you know, we he could almost for, be forgi- forgiven for thinking this is his first season in, in MotoGP because last season yeah. was really in, anonymous for pretty much all of it, apart from a couple of like standout qualifiers or, or race results. But it's like, look at Digi, finished eighth. He's already got a pole position this season. He would be my rider of the day, oh, I think. That's someone to watch. Um, a rookie, eighth. You know, fighting with Brad Binder till the end, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Digi has done well. I mean, a Marini as well. Like a Ducati, being on a Ducati, which let's face it, it's not really their strongest track. Um, you know, they've done well. Um, looking around, well, it's again, hard to not do well when you've got eight bikes on the grid, is it? Exactly. Yeah. If you look at Ducati as a whole, they've done well. Like individually, yeah. you know, yeah, Marini's yeah, done. Yeah. I mean, another shout out, Raúl Fernández. In twelve, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a solid ride. I mean, them really? two, you, the, them two might as well be racing half the time in terms of coverage <laughs> because you just yeah. never hear about them. But Fernandez finish above Morbidelli, above mm. Dovi. Um, you know, he's he, he's setting his stall out, isn't he? Really yeah. trying to. He can. He's just getting on with it. I think Remy Gardner's looking. I think he's mentioned about Superbike or something, hasn't? He said that he wouldn't. He wouldn't think twice. Really, well, not think mm. twice. He, he wouldn't turn it down, so to speak, about the idea yeah. of superbike. So I mean, it, it must be. It must be frustrating, because he's gone from fighting for wins every racing race out in Moto Two to coming to Moto GP and being absolutely nowhere, pretty much every race. I mean, I suppose that's totally the, anonymous. Um, that's sort of the 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 beast it can be, itself, yeah, the, isn't it? How the cookie, how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then. It wasn't. It was only two seasons ago that Tech Threes were winning races. So well, yeah, there is that argument, but I mean, I, th- I think KTM have put more eggs into the factory team, which has mm. kind of left Tech Three a bit shortchanged. Which surprised me when they renewed the contract midway through last year, when they kind of weren't doing anything anyway. But yeah. Whether that was for security and for I mean, longevity, I don't really know. But I think, yeah, I think well, Fernandez looks like he saw the writing on the wall last season. Yeah probably tried to get out and then KTM yeah. like you're not going anywhere <laughs> yeah because it sounded like a deal for him to, to Yamaha was literally minutes away well maybe not that's you know blowing it up a bit I think but... it was more a case of like if <laughs> if you would have been allowed I don't think you'd probably see Darren Binder you probably no. would see Darren Binder in Tech 3 because of the Binder thing but I think because yeah. Ralph Fernandez got dragged away from that Darren Binder was like okay I'll go for Tech for mm. because of the Patronus thing with Razlan Mazzali as well, being the team manager oh. of both teams. But yeah, yeah, we, mm. we've, um, I think we've never gone on episodes about not talking about KTM's yes, woes. Woes, yeah. I mean, well, because Matt unfortunately isn't really going to be on the podcast all that much, but in a way, that's a good thing in terms of KTM. Cause... Oh, I thought you were about with Matt. <laughs> Oh no no no! With with KTM because of the fact that he doesn't have to endure every yeah, podcast episode yeah. of talking about the wars of KTM. Win. Yeah. Um. But 
I'll tell you who is having a lot of wars in Honda. What was the stat Ooh. that I saw? This is the, the worst. first time since 1980s or yeah. something that Honda have had it. You know something, Josh? I, 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 I like it. There we go. Yep. I, yeah. I like it. Long may I, it continue for you, I yeah. guess. To see the bullies I, getting bullied. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I mean, they are in such a mess. But Honestly, got... I, I mean that. I mean that. I genuinely yeah. mean to see the, the bullies of this know, sport you, you, for years gone got... by. That I have gone on and on and on about them being the biggest bullies and having the best, Big bad. biggest priority when it comes to every decision in the mud. I'm being our allegiance to whatever team aside. I like it. I do. Mm. I really do. It, it's like, I mean, I can't make it. It's almost like when Ferrari was Schumacher yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. People must have thought when they started not winning, it must have been like, well, you know what? Thank God. Because it's a breath of fresh air, and it's not even like the whole argument you were saying earlier about one guy being so much better. It's not Marquez thing. It's Honda being Honda that you're aware of, and a lot of people in the sport are aware of. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You can have a bit of what everybody else has had. You know what I mean? Sat dead last. Everyone's had that at a certain time, but mm. Honda have always prevailed in it being it's Honda. So if anything can be done to make Honda come well and come round and get priority on whatever it is, they get it. And now it's like Marquez in there. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? And it's when you've got your test rider. What was he? What was he? Three and a half seconds a lap slower yeah. than Quattrone at the end. He was not. He was doing like motor motor two yeah. speed. Moto um, two laps, nearly Moto three laps. It's like when you've got crazy. that as your best result, that is yeah. Well, it's nothing is, short than it, embarrassing, is they it? They are in such a mess. It needs a total change of season. Rider, um, bike development, whatever is, whatever's wrong with that bike. This is a problem when you have one person dominating on a bike for years. All of a sudden, when he's out of the picture, you don't know what to do with yourself because. The, the identity of that bike was Marquez. You know, that, that bike did not have its own identity. And I remember at the start of this year, and I know he'll be listening to this, Danny Rossi in our, in our Discord mm. server, sat there and said to me, it's more neutral and it'll be so much better because po look at Paul, look, now the testing time's come through and Paul's doing well. And it was like, I told you guys, Honda are back to neutral. It's going to be more, they've listened to people's feedback. It's going to be wonderful. And I sat there on the hill of, well, we'll watch this space because it won't, it won't happen. And I tell you something now, it won't happen. And all this, it's no longer Mark Marquez's bike, and this, that, and the other. And look how the cookie has crumbled, and look how <laughs> it's come around. Because you know this, I said this from day one of this season when everyone was banging on about testing, and I went on the whole rant of testing that we managed to lose, probably in my own good if anything that people didn't have to listen to that for a good half an hour but i did sit there did i or did i not josh and say this would happen and god lo and behold i Honda mean are in going the off the, the first are. race it looked good first race looked pretty good for them which made and me then, feel a little bit like ooh, oh no maybe, maybe i have made a bit of a maybe but, you know credit where credit's due that, it, it just it has really it collapsed pretty quickly um I, but this collapsed. is why next it season is putting it nice. Yeah, it is. I mean, this this that's why next season for me, Honda are the ones to watch. That's my vested interest is in Honda because of the fact by the looks of it, you're going to have Mia 
on the Repsol alongside a a renewed um, Marquez. Oh, I mean, let's uh, let's hope it's a renewed Marquez. Um, and you're going to have, by the looks of it, you're probably going to have Ayagora on one of the bikes, and by the looks of it, you're going to have Rins on another. So it's good. Mm. It's like a totally new Honda revamp. and a revamp, a rebrand. Well, not a rebrand, but a revamp. But it all mm. depends on that bike. What they're going to do? They're going to be like, oh, Mark is coming back. Let's build the bike around him again. Let's hope he's well. Mia, uh, you're just going to have to deal with it. But they've, they've um, supposedly, supposedly, they've tried this neutral bike. And look at it. Thing is, the problem is, you can't really. Here we go, guys. We're going to get the exclusive loss of Josh Wilson of what's actually wrong at Honda. Yeah, this is where you're well, going to hear. This isn't this isn't a Honda thing for me for the most part. Problem is, you can't really have a neutral bike in my opinion. It's always going to be skewed to one particular ride, one particular rider style. Unless you are lucky enough to have two riders who have a very similar style of riding a bike, like I was alluding to with KTM earlier. Yes, so that. That's going to work in their favour. Favour, but even Maybe. for the likes of Yamaha, for the likes of um, Ducati, for the likes of Aprilia, right? You can't really make a neutral bike. It'll always be skewed to one person. And the problem with Honda is, it will all as long as Marquez is in the scene, it will always be somehow skewed towards him. It doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what state Marquez is in or what type of Marquez we have. It will always be skewed towards him. And of course, yes. Which, when you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, you've got this guy that credit where credit's due has done what he's done, and you would build the bike around a guy that's done that, which is completely fair enough. But the way that Mark rides, you play on the knife edge of he's got a good chance of not being there next week, and no one else can ride it even exactly. close. But the problem is they've because of they've tried to make it neutral. Marcus hasn't been able to get much out of that bike because it's not been skewed towards him as such. Um, but then it's not been skewed towards Paul. There's like, I think there's a, a, a proverb from somewhere. They're in which no is man's like, land, aren't they? They are, because there's a proverb of if you chase two rabbits, you'll lose them both, which is perfect for MotoGP, really. Yeah, or perfect great, for Honda. That's a, that's a great analogy to you use. You can, the, the, they've tried to be like, oh, we'll still make it a bit for Mark, but Paul, you can, here's a bike for you as well. Unfortunately, the way it is naturally, in, in, but even in, in, even in like one, but probably more for MotoGP, a bike will always be skewed towards someone. Now they've got to make a decision, Honda. If they're bringing in Mia, which it looks like probably 90%, 90%. I think like... that will be their big fix, personally. Not big fix, but if, if they're going to yeah. if they're gonna go any further in a, the right direction, Joanne is the way to go. Got to make a decision. Do we, do we start going towards Mia with this? Or do we think, mm, you know what, we'll, we'll stick with a Marquez approach for another season? It's very, going to be very difficult always going to be difficult for them um so that's why for me on the next season are the ones to watch in mm. terms of with with quite and and yes i'm I'm a semi honda fan because i've got a honda motorbike so i guess there it's is a little bit in there semi now guys we give it this but time next year and it'll be selling on if mia starts winning now to get in a mia you'll i'll be doing every every episode in like mia honda man so you can just claim um, you're a mia fan and say that well oh, suzuki yeah, weren't there yeah. so i had to exactly. follow joan i had to follow joan wherever he went um <laughs> you know but we'll see. Um, we shall see on that front. Is there anyone else you want to touch on? Oh, Vinales. Vinales. Yeah. Quite yeah. disappointing, really. I'm not going to yeah. say I'm, I wasn't all that good for him. I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not really the biggest Vinales fan. But it was. Mm. It, it was. It was sad to see a little bit, I guess. 
seemed like he finally was going to get some half decent result. But um, I mean, it's happened to the best of people, hasn't it? Where it has, they're in that position, and something something goes wrong, or yeah, he, or whatever. Yeah, um, um, I think there's a few rather other days we could pick. I think I yes. am actually going to go with Digi just because I think eighth is just so good for for that kind mm. of track on that bike that we've said is not suited to that bike for for a rookie is just phenomenal. I mean, you could pick for me. You could pick Fabio, Shawan, or Jack. I think you could pick any of those three: Marini, yeah. Digi. I'd probably pick. I'll probably pick Marini. Yeah, I think like you said, there's there's a few to pick from there because there's a few that have seem to have rose above their yeah. expectations quite a lot more than mm. what you'd expect. So, uh, yeah, did you honourable mention, but for me, probably the rider of the day. He's really not out of the park this time around. But again, we'll have to see if that was is just a one-off or if he can build on that going into us. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. like you say, I mean, with Honda's issue, it's like, <laughs> if Paul did have any chance of holding on to a Honda seat, it's definitely gone in the last few rounds. Mm. Like, yeah, definitely. I think the only saving grace is that everyone else has done rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. They are in the worst position they've ever been in, I think, in the history in this sport, I guess. Chinch into to that. Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll finish off, as we always do, with fantasy. Um, yes. Josh, you're in second now. I think you were leading yeah, beforehand, um, but I'm led to believe the person leading, which is 46-46 from... I believe that's Indonesia abbreviation, has used all three boosts before the summer break. Um, they oh. sit on 1,062 points. You yourself on 1,002. You're the only two people in the four, di- four digits. Um, and Wally87 from South Africa is on 983 with one boost left. So it seems a lot of you at the top, the top 10 have all used at least two boosts. Um which is interesting. And we have lost losers from Finland um, in 11th with two boosts remaining. So maybe they're a bit of a dark horse. Mm. Um, and myself, I'm sitting in 64th, which I think, to be honest with you, I'm not surprised because I went to check my fantasy and apparently Mark Marquez was still in my team after changing him when we had this discussion last week. Um, so yeah, that, I'm not surprised. I think you're pretty much you're out of this. Imagine. Uh, Josh, I think I was out of this at round one. When I made my team, I knew I wouldn't be following it. That <laughs> yeah, you that, don't. Like, you see, I'm I'm actually thinking of retiring. Fantasy. Only After, because what this year? Yes, because I, I'm finding myself it's influencing my races too much of enjoyment out of it. Because I'd be like, <laughs> just be like, oh, god. Um, let's say Fabio be like, oh Fabio, come on, just make a mistake for God's sake. So it, yeah. it makes it more exciting. I'm like, no, but he's in my fantasy team, so no, I still want him to win. And it's just, it's really conflicting me in a lot of places. So maybe I should know. stop going with my head and go with my heart because if I'd yeah. gone with my heart, I would be at the top of this, mm. top, near the top you of this would. league. I would have Fabio in there. I wouldn't have any Honda in there. I, I would, wouldn't I? I'd be doing pretty well, to be fair. I think you would. Yeah, um, you would. So yeah, maybe stop listening to my head and listen to my heart, which hmm. probably more a the sensible next idea, to be honest. Um, yeah, the right one. Yeah, maybe one year I'll actually follow it. I mean, there was no way on earth I was walking around Magello and actually going, "Well done, won the fantasy." You know, I, it's, I couldn't, not, I couldn't, not. I couldn't have cared less when I was at Magello. Like, but mm. um, we do have somebody that's HRC MotoGP twenty one. 
that I believe is, is that a Greek abbreviation? I think if I were you, our Greek fan in 60th, I would be changing your name for next year. Um, but God bless you. You know, you've, you've stuck to it. Like we yeah. have 81 <laughs> members in it. Um, there is somebody in 76th who's British and have used all three boosts. Oh my now, God. You are giving me Who hope won? of not finishing last. But with a boost in Marquez. Of hope. I don't know, but three boosts and on 548, wow. so nearly half of what Josh is on with three boosts used. Maybe maybe it's just a trial year. You never know. Um, yeah, possibly. Could be the first one. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's much, about that's it. pretty I, much it. I mean, yeah. obviously, socials, I don't know if you want to run through them. I'll, I'll run through them quickly. Um, you can follow me. On Twitter at BunnerGP underscore. You can follow Josh at, on Twitter at Red Sector Josh and Matt at Matt Polanski1. We also have the the podcast Twitter, which is Red Sector GP. Um, on Twitter, which you can use the Discord link to join the Discord. I have actually just started a, um Instagram for my photography page, which I'll be posting pretty much all the time on there. So if you could follow that on Instagram, that is at BunnerGP Photography. That'd help me out massively. Um, because yeah, I'm trying to get a bit of a bit of a following on there to sort of point out how much of a novice I am with the camera. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, hopefully I can go to Silverstone and whatnot and share some posts from there. Well, to be fair, I I looked at the, the photos I took from Portimao on my digital mm. camera, and I think there was maybe two two photos <laughs> worth saving on, and the rest were just absolutely rubbish. So yeah, it does. I think it it pays to have the equipment. Mm. Um, because, yeah, my 250 quid digital camera won't up to it, especially with yeah. like high speed. Um, yeah, it's, on it's the difficult. It's difficult. I got a few good garage it... shots, and that. Okay, I suppose they they can be good sometimes. To be yeah. fair, but I mean, I suppose that's why I get to track these to follow like the likes of my dad because they're not going as quick. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I can you get them in high definition. Like, yeah, this is my camera skills. Definitely not <laughs> the fact that you're doing like 20 mile an hour around a certain corner. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's the socials done. And obviously, if you did enjoy this episode, then be sure to leave a review or a rating or whatever it is yes. that you're listening on. Um, they're always good to look up and check how much people really don't like listening to us to go <laughs> to the extent of leaving a bad review. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you. Um, this episode will be out hopefully before Assen. Um, so we should see you a little earlier next week, hopefully. Maybe even the Monday we should record for Assen. That would be nice. We'll try and stick to that, but whether we do, we don't know. But um, with that, keep the throttle pinned.